My name is Sean Jordan. Welcome to the Adaptive Outdoorsman Podcast. Here we'll be discussing the history and legacy behind disabled hunters, trappers, anglers, and how they adapt and persevere in the woods, on the line, and on the water. Welcome to the Adaptive Outdoorsman Podcast. I'm Sean Jordan, and I am joined by my two guests, Pete Eisentrager and Will Hall of the Missouri Disabled Sportsmen. Uh, tell me about about yourself, guys. Uh, when did you start with the with Missouri Disabled Sportsmen? Um, so this is Pete Eisentrager. So thanks for having us here tonight, Sean. Um, Thank you. I actually got started with the organization uh, back in 2011. Uh, me and Will actually uh, partnered up on the the first event that I ever volunteered with with the organization. So working on about 11 years. So. And uh, I actually started out as a participant um, before uh, being elected to the the board of directors uh, for the organization. Um, you know that that included. Uh, uh, several hunts and, and, and fundraising events and stuff um, for the organization as a participant. Now, uh, what were you participating uh, as? I know. <laughs> uh, well, um, well um, the, the, the event that, that Pete mentioned in 2011 uh, was a deer hunt in northeast Missouri, and I was actually a hunter-selected uh, to participate in that hunt and Pete, uh, was there as a volunteer, um, to, to help assist and guide, uh, the, uh, disabled hunters on that hunt. Nice. Uh, when did you guys start, uh, it doesn't matter which one starts first, but which, when did you guys start hunting in general? Man, John, I've been, uh, four years old. So I guess 40 years ago, I, I, I <laughs> got a little gray on the beard, but, uh, yeah, I started duck hunting at four years old up in Minnesota and have, uh, just born and raised honestly in the outdoors. So grew up nice. hunting and fishing up in Minnesota and then moved down here for school and got 1996, I guess. And, uh, yeah, once I got down to Missouri and realized I didn't have to shovel snow all the time and they'd let me shoot more than one deer a season. Uh, this guy was never leaving the state. So I've been here since. For me as well. I, I can remember, um, six years old, um, uh, going rabbit hunting, rabbit hunting with my dad running beagles and, and stuff like that. Um, he, he never was big in, into wing shooting or, or waterfowl. So I kind of done that at a, a later age, but, uh, uh, small game and, and deer uh, that was brought on at an early age by my dad. Yeah, I uh, started hunting deer was the first one. I didn't do that till my son was one. I had no other hunting experience other than that. And then afterwards, I just rolled into everything else. My cousin got me into waterfowl. So that was what got me to wing shooting. And ah. I still suck at that. <laughs> it's uh, it, it's all addictive. I mean, it's like Will said, from rabbit hunting to squirrel hunting. I mean, if there's a season for it, we're we're going to be out there after it most likely. So, yeah, I have yet to do rabbit, and I still haven't hunted a squirrel. I've hunted squirrel. I haven't harvested any yet. Out. I'm looking at this for the uh, hunter and bow hunter education certification. Mm -hmm. uh, is that required for? 
in Missouri? Do you have to no, be bow uh, well, certified? So the bow hunter certification um, is required for like some of the local city hunts. So I live over in Kansas mm. City here, and the, it was just one of the requirements for like they've got some park hunts here and uh, urban hunts. But um, uh, out west in some of the western states and the Canadian provinces, you do have to have like bow hunter education to to get tags. So it's one of those things. Okay. I, I recommend it to anybody if you're. Uh, into archery hunting and never plan to leave the state of Missouri to knock out that course through Department of Conservation and, and just get it done. So Yeah. That's weird. For Indiana, we don't have one of those. Yeah. So a I, lot of states don't, uh, but I mean if you start researching, I think there's uh, I mean, I may be remiss, but eighteen, nineteen, twenty states, something like that that have it and or require it. So a lot of them are western states. Yeah. Uh, yeah, ours requires just straight up uh hunter's education courses mm-hmm. of course i missed i missed the drop off on that one but now when did missouri's disabled sportsman actually start up as a 501c3 so the organization was founded in 2008 um i guess the, the founding members were actually doing some um events about three or four years prior to that but the, the official establishment date was 2008 so working on 14 years so, and I think, like Will said, I think we both probably came out of the board of directors 2013, and then I think Will was right around 2015. Um, so we've been involved in that administrative, yeah, about that administrative side since then. Um, you know, on that front. So. Yeah. Now, uh, what does the age out uh, term mean for you guys? Is that just they? literally no longer able to you uh be taken out then no so um so the mission of the organization is uh obviously just providing opportunities to mobility impaired youth and then terminally ill youth um mm-hmm. just giving them you know fishing hunting shooting sports outdoor education opportunities um in missouri and, and the surrounding areas honestly which we can kind of get to here in a little bit but uh for the youth hunters, once they get to 17 years old, basically the state of Missouri's youth age, I think, is 16 for them to like participate mm-hmm. in a youth season. Um, so once they age out of that classification, uh, you know, they're technically no longer allowed to participate in a youth in the state. So okay, um, we do some of the non-hunting events though. Um, we do push up to 17 years old, so the shooting events, stuff like that. So okay, yep, that's all that is. Yeah, so, and then on the mobility impaired side, it's obviously any and everybody. There's no age restrictions for mobility impaired individuals to participate in our events. So now, is there any restrictions for like say it has to be strictly mobility impaired, like chair wise, or would someone similar to me be going and doing something like yeah, that? Yeah, so as long as it's uh, a mobility impairment, you know, I mean. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of organizations out there, I guess, veteran specific too, you know, that deal with, uh, you know, like the post-traumatic stress, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we're really trying to cater more to the people that have true physical mobility impairments. So, you know, okay. as long as it's a cane, I mean, we've helped guys, I mean, William can attest to it. It doesn't have to be a chair, you know, if it's repaired ankles, knees, canes, necks, mm-hmm. um, we've had guys that have visual impairments, um, you know, it's, yeah, it's kind of the full gamut, Sean. So hmm. we try not so to put I'd restrictions actually, on it. It's just uh, at the same point, you know, we've, we want to make these opportunities available to people that really need them. Um, so, yeah. so we do do a vetting process through most of our, our events and the application process to make sure that, you know, the individuals we're inviting out um, need the assistance. So, Oh, that's totally understandable, actually. Yeah. Now, I was born with bilateral club feet, had surgery, so it's 
affected my walking, but <laughs> it definitely wouldn't be. I would probably be vetted out, <laughs> which is probably. Eh. You, you, you'd be surprised, Sean. It. It's the beauty of what we do, and uh, and again, Will can attest to this, but we try to create enough opportunities for everybody. Um, obviously, uh, people that are in chairs and stuff like that, you know, at the end of the day, if we have an event and there's 12 spots from the Blood Impaired guys and I've got 12 guys in chairs that, that apply, you know, they're, gonna, they're probably going to get preferential treatment on that front versus some other mobility impairments. So, Well, knowing me, I'd probably say, eh, give those guys that. I'll just buy my tag and I'll join you. Yeah. <laughs> and we've had people do that before, honestly. So Nice. So, uh, Will, how have, uh, I know you said you've been there for, since about the start of it, but, uh, what else have you volunteered for in here? Well, uh, the, the, the reason why I, I accepted the, uh, the invitation to, to serve on the board of directors, um, was to kind of give aspect, from you know <clears throat> the the position of, of being disabled and in a chair, and and to kind of mentor the the new guys coming in, uh, the the new new recruits um, to our events and stuff. Um, on you know, uh, even though I've been in this chair for for twenty years, I still learn something new every day. And <clears throat> and when you see guys. That, that are that are newly injured and um you know want to to, to get back in the outdoors um to, to me it, it makes them more comfortable to, to hear from somebody that has a little bit, bit of experience and uh you know and we have guys that, that come through uh and participate in some of our events that i learned from so i mean nice. it's a good experience all the way around that's great. Uh, I bet the kids look up to you as well then, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually one of the cool things, Sean, that we see at our events is we're super conscious about partnering able-bodied youth hunters with guys with mobility impairments. And to see those nice. youth jump in, you know, and I guess not, not be bashful about assisting the guys with the chairs and then see those friendships grow and then when they come back for other events it's just we break down some of those barriers to those kids at a young age that maybe not get that experience or those interactions with guys that are in wheelchairs or have impairment issues so it's kind of a uh, a double-tiered you know mission that yeah. uh, that we have along those lines and just yeah because i know I, I don't want to overstep my bounds and and will know i mean he, he's one of my best friends but just so the listeners know i mean will was a completely able-bodied individual up until what 18 19 will when did when did you have your accident um it was 2002 so it, 2002 it's been yeah. um well this month it'd be 20 years yeah 20 years so i mean will's coming from a perspective of someone that was you know out doing everything that any able-bodied individual would and then you know unfortunately had a had an accident at his workplace and and ended up in yeah. a wheelchair because of it but i mean he, he had mentioned it the the lessons i've learned from will and every other guy that we participate and help at these events i mean the motivation it's given me and, and the the rest of our volunteers i mean it's a it's a two-way street so i mean it's kudos to those guys for stepping out of a comfort zone obviously and and taking on a challenge that a lot of people in life don't do when they're put in those positions. So, yeah, yeah, it's very inspirational and I'd love to get out there 
probably not this year, but next year or so, try and volunteer and get to know you guys better. Plus, it'd be great to get actually out to Missouri again, another than when I was 11. Well, we'd, uh, <laughs> we, we have welcoming arms at all of our events, Sean. It's a, it is a family organization when you, when you actually get to these events and, and see it firsthand. So, and it, it goes right back to the core of us being volunteer-based. I mean, our volunteers carry yeah. the ship around here, and we've got such a unique network of landowners and volunteers that we've built, not only in the state of Missouri, but, I mean, we've got guys from Kansas, Arkansas, Iowa, Minnesota, uh, Illinois, you name it, um, you know, that are that are behind the mission. And it's tough not to be when you, when you see what we're doing and, and you get to one of the events and see it firsthand. Nice. Now, it's saying here in your recruiting engagement that you guys are trying to recruit 25 new participants to the organization. Is that annually or? Yeah, that's just an annual mission. Um, We're super intentional about offering participants repeat opportunities. Um, You know, it's we kind of come from the philosophy that, yeah, getting a person maybe one opportunity to go hunting or fishing is great. But are you really creating an advocate for the outdoors doing that? Probably not. But. If we can no. get people three, four, five contact points, get them the confidence to maybe then step out and, like Will said, either mentor somebody or, you know, do a hunt on their own, which creates an opportunity for somebody else to come in. But um, that being said, we we host enough events and support enough events now annually that we're just we've been able to you know recruit twenty to twenty five new people every year, whether it's kids or people with mobility impairment issues, yeah, you name it. It's just uh, one, one of the goals we have organizationally. Nice. Now, I noticed you guys are doing uh, some work with the uh, track chair program, mm-hmm. uh, and more specifically to Will, how many of those track chairs have you got to play with? Um, I've actually been, been on one uh, several times, um, you know, um, uh, the Missouri Department Department of Conservation um, has has been great working with us with that program. Um, they do what they have to do to to get those uh, track chairs out to our events. Um, um, <clears throat> I've uh, I've pheasant hunted um, from one. I've uh, I actually uh, harvested a turkey this spring off of one. Um, and those things are absolute game changers. Nice. Um, now, which one of yours? Which one is your favorite? Well, the, the only one that that I've personally been in is, is just the, the standard chair. I, I know they have a few uh, that, that are actually a stand up model uh, that, that that can you know stand someone up. Um, <clears throat> personally, I, I have an issue. Anytime I get in a device like that to stand you up, um, I, I have a, a drop in blood pressure, and it just doesn't work for me. Yeah, I noticed uh, I was talking to a previous guest of mine when I talked to him, Chad Hermanson. He uh, he prefers the model with the uh, suspension in it, the new model with suspension. You guys got any of those? So we just, uh, Sean, partnered uh, through a grant program with the Department of Conservation here in Missouri and then a couple of our supporters and are purchasing four of our own track chairs for the organization. Um, and two of those do have that new suspension in them. So we're, uh, <laughs> we're pretty excited to see how those work out. Yeah, so, I, I don't believe I've been on one of the ones with the new suspension. They can be a, a little rough riding on, on certain terrain, but I mean, they they go. They they do not stop. 
Yeah, I've seen some of the videos. They actually can tow a deer on a sled or basically a full-size individual. Sean, so I, I hate to tell you, but you, you don't need the shed. You don't need the sled. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see one of those to see if they could actually drag an elk. Uh, that you're you're probably pu- pushing it with uh, something that size, but they can do some work. Um, so. We actually used one uh, on the snow the the first mm-hmm. snow goose hunt and and used like decoy sleds to pull the the batteries for the uh, the motion decoys and and the e collars and, and and stuff on a sled with that thing. And I mean, I'm talking like four full size marine batteries, and it it, it, it didn't struggle a bit. Nice. And that thing probably had enough juice to get back to uh, charging and everything. Oh, yeah. definitely. Yeah. I think that's... Uh, uh, I say, uh, depending on terrain, they're, uh, they're estimated, what, 20 miles maybe on a charge? Yeah, I think something like that, as long as you're not running it like full tilt. So. Yeah. We've, over the years, I think what we started using those things, Will, and... And I don't know, six years ago, probably, Sean, and the only issue we've ever had with them is, uh, yeah, we've had a battery die occasionally or, you know, just batteries that needed to be replaced because they're, you know, old. But that's the only issue we've ever run into them. So they're, they're, they're awesome machines and change the way that we can get these participants out into the field and to blinds and doing some of this stuff. So. Now, you guys do any trapping with that? Uh, we've with never your... done a trapping program, honestly. I know we've got a couple of uh, our volunteers around the state that are hardcore trappers, but it's uh, it's never anything we've really looked into, although I'm going to make a yeah. note of it and see if there's any interest. So, yeah, One of my goals with this podcast is to find a disabled trapper and get them on here because... So I'm going to, awesome. I can't think of this gentleman's name. I just listened to a podcast. I want to say it was Working Class Bowhunter, maybe. And they have a gentleman, he's either from Wisconsin and or Indiana, and he is a, a, a bi-leg amputee. And he, I mean, he shed hunts like nobody's business, but I want to say he may be trapped as well, too. But it was pretty cool to listen to this guy. I mean, you know, amputee at the knees, and he is putting hundreds and hundreds of miles on a year on some customized sled shoes and stuff like that that he built to, to get himself around to, to shed hunt and so but yeah that would be yeah that would be something to look into because that would definitely fill the winter season up and be able to get guys out on the track chairs and just checking lines and everything yeah well if your users or if your, if your listeners aren't uh, familiar too, so the Department of Conservation here in the state of Missouri is, I mean, in my opinion, like the greatest conservation agency in the country. Like the the way they're constitutionally funded in, in our state and, and the mission that they have, uh, the program, this track chair program they have, like, I mean, they have 14 chairs spread out around the state, I think. And, and yeah. as long as it's a, a sponsored event for anybody here in the state, the, the Department of Conservation, with enough timing, will roll these chairs out to, to any program that they're partnered with. So um, I know there's other states, too. Nevada, I actually want to say Indiana's Department of Natural Resources might have some or the state parks. But, yeah, they're mm-hmm. game changers, Sean, for anyone that's got a, a mobility impairment issue, whether it's hunting or, you know, honestly letting kids or anybody, you know, get out in a garden or a park or, or just to mm-hmm. one of the local areas and, and get back into nature. So Yeah. I know three individuals uh, outside of you guys that actually have those 
uh, Mike Burnside, his daughter Kinsey has one, and that was a game changer for them. Uh, Shannon Cortman, a guy who lives in Upper lives in Michigan, he's got cerebral palsy, and he has one mm-hmm. now. And then my buddy Steve, uh, he's got one. But, but yeah, he said that thing's a game changer too. Well, and that's what we're. Uh... I mean, we're super excited with this partnership to the Department of Conservation to actually be able to purchase these four chairs that will be ours organizationally because it's going to allow us to overcome some of the logistical and uh, legal barriers um, that the Department mm-hmm. of Conservation has to, you know, obviously abide by because they're a, you know, a state-run organization. So we're going to be able to take these chairs and hopefully create some opportunities outside the state of Missouri um, and get some opportunities we've already had some uh, interest from some folks down in Oklahoma um, and out uh, in Wyoming, states like that. So that's really our end goal with this is to be able to kind of break the state border walls down and, and offer opportunities, you know, not only to our Missouri residents, but potentially residents of other states and stuff like that as well, too, as long as we can coordinate that logistically. So, Do you guys see yourself actually branching out into chapters in different states then? You know, it's, it's we, we've had that discussion, I guess, internally about even, you know, within the state is creating, you know, like, you know, regional directors and stuff like that. And at the end of the day, Sean, uh, what makes this organization run is the volunteer network around the state. Yeah. There's no one that is, I guess, a, a regional director. We've just had people step up over the years. And because of the mission, they see what we do at these events that, like I said earlier, it's hard not for people to like buy in if, if you're interested and promoting conservation and providing opportunities and and you show up to i mean i'm not even selfishly any event for these organizations that are doing it around the state i mean it's hard not to get involved so again we've never seen the need for it um i guess the beauty of it we don't micromanage anything a lot of these events uh that we have throughout the state someone has come to us and i guess had the the want to 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 put an event together and we just support it logistically behind the scenes. Obviously, we've got some experience and expertise hosting events and making sure the you know the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. Um, but at the end of the day, these volunteers are putting it on their shoulders and running with it, and that's kind of how we're built, honestly, organizationally, is to you know let these people pursue their passions and create an opportunity and share what they what they love. So we're game for nice. we're game for everything. I mean, we've done rabbit hunting. Snow goose hunts, deer hunts, um, we'll step in if I miss something, fishing events, you know, yeah, turkey hunts, uh, you know, just sport shooting events, archery events, um, yeah, our volunteers are open to everything, and we are organizationally as well. If it's creating opportunities to get people outdoors, we're, we're all in, so, and we've got people around the state that can pull it off, so that's, that's the beauty of it. Right. So, so, volunteer-wise, what is your maximum amount you've had so far? Or is, oh, God. It's just incomparable. So, uh, one, no, it's not incomparable. We, we, we do our best to try to track some of these statistics so I can turn around and, and obviously have some, you know, real conversations with people. But uh, our, our Upland Bird Hunt is probably our flagship event, and that's where we get the most um, feet on the ground and people in chairs as far as kids and then the mobility impaired guys involved i think it's upwards of 30 participants um, that we're able to get out for that event every year and i want to say we had plus 100 volunteers this year i mean it's one of those things you can't tell somebody no if they want to show up Um, 
but when you see it, like I said, it's a family atmosphere at all of these events. And I mean, with people that we've known for, in some cases, 20 years, and in some cases, two months, but I mean, they're all welcome and treat it the same. And it's, these volunteers won't not show up. I mean, some of them didn't even have jobs to do. They just want to come and interact and be a part of the day and, and help where they can. So volunteer might be a loose term at some of them because it's more just interacting with your friends and, and, you know, sharing that camaraderie. So nice. Now, uh, do you guys primarily use private or public land when it's a, your events? it's a mix, Sean. Um, so our organization doesn't own a physical location, building, and or property. Um, so all of our events that we host are either in conjunction with private landowners and or Department of Conservation, Corps of Engineer, um, state and or federal organizations, primarily uh, private landowners, um, which is, I mean, uh, I'd be remiss not to give a huge shout out to all of them that have helped us over the years. But um, yeah. again, when they see what we do, um, and they see the intent that we have. Um, we've had so many doors open to us over the years um, from events that started with one or two landowners. Um, I think our deer hunt now has 13 or 14 landowners up in northeast Missouri, over six counties. Um, the turkey hunt Will just mentioned um, started out down in southwest Missouri with one landowner, and now I believe you guys were at six farms this spring, Will? I, I, I believe, believe that's correct. That's, that's five or six farms and it's just everywhere we go the events grow and again that goes back to our our volunteers and then that community atmosphere like once you see what we're doing if you're into the outdoors and you know you're you're active and wanting to promote that it's tough to say no to a bunch of kids that want to hunt or fish or a bunch of guys that are you know in wheelchairs and have mobility impairments it's a kind of a cold-hearted move (laughs) if you want to want to be honest but yeah yeah it, it, it's been great to see that community growth and that support around the state. I mean, Sean, it's every corner that we go to. Um, I mean, it's, it's open arms, open gates, and these landowners are like family members to us now. Uh, nice. the, deer, the deer hunt we do every fall. I want to say that first Friday night, we have probably 85, 90 people at the dinner we do. And, I mean, it's not just the volunteers and the hunters. There's landowners, there's landowners, family members, there's neighbors of landowners that are invited. And it's, it really is that family community network that makes what we do tick. So that's great. Uh, I want to get back to the turkey hunting. Will you, are you primarily in charge of the turkey hunting or is that? No, that, that would be uh, another uh, director uh, by the name um, of uh, Brad. Um, he actually lives in that area and, and he's like Pete mentioned earlier, he started out with one landowner and I'm going to say that the one that I attended this year was maybe fourth or fifth annual. And it's, it's stepped up to, to, you know, um, stepped up from, from two hunters to to six to to eight hunters and uh, with the potential for, for more. and there's other, uh, you know, landowners uh, that, that are wanting to get on board with this. And I really see that event uh, blowing up in the next several years. Well, I have yet to get a turkey uh, ever. So if I come out next year, I'm coming for turkey. <laughs> <laughs> so our director, well, William, said Brad Addison um, down there. He's in yeah. that Springfield area. But what he's done with that turkey hunt has been 
super impressive and it's quickly becoming one of our i mean one of our bigger events and obviously most uh most popular i think six guys tagged out this year i think so i don't think we went um yeah, six for six six for seven and then six, got a youth hunter yeah, yeah so yeah. yeah it's uh it was super successful so uh yeah kudos kudos to brad and all the guys down there that have, have put it together I actually look back one of my one of the favorite memories I tell about and I mean I don't want to put Will in the hot seat but the first <laughs> turkey hunt we did down there um it was cool to me and it's kind of full circle what we were talking about earlier but uh Will was down there and it was his first turkey hunt in a couple of years and we didn't have any luck right off the gates in the morning and uh the landowner's son had some responsibilities and chores around the farm so he just kind of cut me and Will loose and uh we were running around and Will was in one of those track chairs and I mean, from 1030 in the morning till cutoff at one o'clock in the afternoon, Will got to run and gun, technically, um, I guess, roll and gun <laughs> in that wheelchair. And uh, I remember him looking at me. I mean, it was probably 1215 in the afternoon. It was hot and we hadn't struck a bird. And God, I don't know how many hours. And he's like, bud, I don't think I've done this since I had my injury. And it, it just kind of hit home to me, like how cool those tractors really were at that time. And then I believe three minutes later, we struck a bird that busted us but uh yeah it was just it was cool to just have it be full circle uh, honestly and see that track chair and then have will kind of recognize that man i hadn't really chased a turkey and and really you know got to, to roll and gun after turkeys and you know 15 years probably at that point so that was just kind of a cool experience that i had on the side just, just kind of ties everything that we do together so yeah I'm going with you guys next time. <laughs> my first my first year hunting, which was last year, turkey, I ended up having a broken foot due, due to work, but it was like a hairline fracture. I was being extra careful with it. I'd walked into the woods, set up, didn't find anything, started walking back, took a step, and broke my metatarsal on my left foot. And I had to hobble 100-plus yards back of my vehicle and that was my turkey season last year so this season was a little bit better i didn't break my foot That's a but i didn't get a bird <laughs> but i didn't get a bird but i didn't break my foot so that was that was all the work for me go on my boy is wanting to be in the podcast <laughs> well at least say hi anyways right you can wave <laughs> yeah so, yeah, that was my turkey hunting experience. So when somebody says, oh, we've been turkey hunting, I want to go. <laughs> we've, uh, we've been pretty, pretty blessed with the, the landowners down there that have opened their gates to us because it's, uh, they are some well-managed turkey properties, and they, they roll the red carpet out for us uh, pretty much every year. So. Nice. What, buddy? Well, all right. Hey, I'm going podcast. Go on. But yeah, I that is very inspirational about that, knowing that they are going to be doing so much for the individuals and you guys just providing such opportunities. Uh, so your managed deer hunts, I'm jumping through here. Uh, when did that start up? So there's kind of two prongs to this, Sean. The managed deer hunts that you're referencing are actually like state-run managed deer hunts through those. So, oh, so those nice. are through the Department of Conservation and/or uh, the Corps of Engineers, um, who normally partner with the conservation. Uh, U.S. Fish and Game. 
Yeah. So, and I'll let Will step in. I mean, he's the expert here. He, 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 he obviously jumps through these hoops and has to go through this process more than me, but, um, that's the managed deer hunt we do. We just, we participate in them all over the state with our volunteers. So I'll let Will kind of fill you in on the, right. Um, the, well, and, and the, one of those state sponsored hunts was actually my first experience post injury. Um, and, and it was actually a, a turkey hunt at, at Mark Twain Lake. And then, you know, getting to, to, to know people uh, that, that volunteered uh, at that hunt, I learned about, you know, other hunts that were sponsored across the state. Um, all these hunts are, are, are hunts that you apply for and, and, and are drawn. Um, <clears throat> they don't, they do not count uh, against your, your uh, regular season limit as far as game. Um, so, I, I mean, they're great opportunities, um, uh, you know, to kind of offset our two week rifle season or, or, or whatever. Um, and uh, so as I started applying for those all across the state and, and had big success. And, and after Pete and I met in 2011, um, he actually, uh, started helping me uh, um, on a few of those hunts, as far as assistance and and guiding, and uh, and th- that's that's pretty much how our friendship developed. Yeah, I'd encourage on anybody that uh, I mean, regardless of the state, if you are mobility impaired or whatever, look into it with your state agencies. Um, the Department of Conservation does a great job here, listing probably fifteen or twenty hunts, um, but there's a lot of them out there that you've kind of either got to contact like the the property that they're being held at and whatnot and do a little bit more legwork to get a, a an application submitted for it so i just encourage people to make some phone calls whether it's the corps of engineer lakes or you know your your state game agencies and, and just inquire about it so yeah and the beauty of the missouri ones too is they're not restricted to residents of the state of missouri so if, if folks you know that are non-residents want to apply they're they're totally eligible for it now, tell me about the snow goose and waterfowl hunting. I'm going to let Will take this one. He's uh, he's He's got way more experience with it than I do. Um, it's actually one of our newer events. Um, I think it's been going on probably three or four years now. Four um, years, I think, yeah. Yeah, it, and it's actually held um, down uh, toward the boot hill in, in southeast Missouri, which is where I live. It first started out utilizing private landowners and the volunteers and guides going out and, and setting up, uh, you know, a decoy spread. And the, the first year we used layout blinds, which proved to be, you know, kind of difficult for the more, well, difficult for the mobility impaired guys that had a moderate disability. Um, so the, the, the lead on that hunt, another uh, member well, is actually the vice president of the organization, uh, Jeff Roth. Um, he come up with a, a design on an A-frame blind to use uh, that actually, you know, worked out better for the guys in chairs. And uh, I, I, I think I participated in the first two. Um, health issues kept me out of the, the, the last couple of years, but uh, um, they've had some pretty good success uh, down here. I know that, that that hunt is a lot of work for the volunteers. Um, you know, <clears throat> moving decoy spreads at night and you know to, to a different location or what have you. 
Um, but uh, it, it, it's actually an event that, that has um, brought more uh, participants um, from this area uh, into our organization. And, and, you know, they've branched out and, and come to other events and, and stuff. So it's it, it's been a pretty good deal for us. How many volunteers do you think estimate takes to run the uh, waterfowl operation down there? Probably a dozen or so guys throughout the week. So it's typically like a four or five day long hunt, Sean, just because anyone that's mm-hmm. hunted snow geese knows that like they move all the time and may or may not be there from day to day. But uh, yeah, that's upwards to, you know, a dozen, 15 volunteers throughout the week. Um, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a pretty heavy lift. So we are looking to on the waterfall front. Uh, we've got a couple other organizations here we've partnered with um, the last few years, but we're we're hoping to expand some opportunities to maybe some Canada goose hunts and then um, some straight duck hunts um, here in the state of Missouri. Hopefully this fall as well too. So uh, kind of keep nice. keep tuned and hopefully we'll be rolling out some good information on that here in, in the next couple of weeks. So oh, that'd be perfect. Yeah, yeah. one of the many things I have yet to shoot. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh i've said it there's so many guys in missouri that have never waterfowl hunted you know they turkey hunt they deer hunt they rabbit hunt and yeah. i grew up waterfowl hunting i was like man the minute you see 50 mallards cupped up coming into your wings or you know a, a group of giant canadas locked up the feet down honking at you like uh you're hooked yeah you're gonna you're gonna be in so. i got in with my uh cousin and i keep telling my guests this story every time I have not had a good, yeah, but I, let me rephrase it. I've had good time with my cousin there, but I've not had good luck afterwards. One time I got busted for a DNR. It was an accidental violation. I had just gotten my shotgun proper. I didn't realize, you know, only needed three grand total shells. So I had the tube for five. <laughs> so that was a lovely uh fee and then next time some guy the next year some guy peeled out and busted my back windshield of my car oh seriously <laughs> yep yeah. so luck on the that was a 400 dollar tick uh payout there so waterfowling and well not exactly fun for me yet <laughs> But I'm hoping to. Well, we pay pretty strict attention to all state and federal game laws at our uh, our hunts, Sean. So if you show up at our waterfall <laughs> event, we're going to make sure you got to plug in your gun. And uh, we, we're, we're pretty successful at, at most of our events. So Yeah. Well, making sure that the guy is, that you took his spot's not angry and pulling out. I didn't realize it till it happened. So that was the fun part. It's but. the waterfall hunting is the one thing I've done in my lifetime where uh, I've had some pretty unique interactions with individuals that uh, aren't as friendly as you would like to you'd like to hope would happen when you, you encounter somebody in the outdoors. <laughs> uh, some people definitely take it pretty serious. Yeah, it's uh, and that's that's the weird thing I've seen about waterfowl hunting is it's there's so much camaraderie with waterfowl as long as you know a man as long as your friends yeah it's like (laughs) yeah it's like you get i mean i've showed up to waterfowl hunts with my cousin and there's a bunch of guys i don't know and everybody's all we work together we set stuff up we do this and then yeah you got those one few bad apples they're like i don't care we're just gonna be enemies till end it's like 
Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. Kind of the refreshing thing about the events we host and and the the interactions we have. I mean, there's so much giving and and camaraderie at our events, Sean. It's like these volunteers, man. If I don't shoot another deer and I could go assist guys like Will and get little kids out, you know, whether it's calling turkeys, ducks, deer hunting, I'd I'd do it and I'd never pull the trigger again, honestly. So I, I just yeah. wish more people would look at it that way. So. Yeah. A lot of fun to be had if uh, everybody be a little more welcoming out there on some fronts. So, Right. What's the uh, minimum age requirement for youth hunters? So Missouri doesn't. Uh, it's kind of personal accountability um, that we leave that hmm. in the hands, obviously, of the family. Um, we've had hunters as young as six participate in some of our events. Um, that being said, they've got to be uniquely qualified to, you know, firearms are involved to competently handle a firearm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, just like a, a grown adult would be. So some of those considerations are taken into account. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. as far as the fishing events and stuff like that, archery events, I mean, we've had three-year-olds out at our archery events. We've had kids as young as three or four, um, at fishing events. So yeah, we get them started as young as possible on some of that stuff. <laughs> and on the shooting education side of things, um, you know, if it's more of an educational event, there's really not a limit because that's where, you know, if the, the family is comfortable with the the child being around a firearms and, and competent mentors, um, you know, that are safety conscious and, and mm-hmm. educationally minded. Yeah, I mean, we've had kids as long as, you know, like I said, six, seven years old that shooting their first rifle rounds downrange with us. And after eight, nine minutes of coaching are, you know, smiles ear to ear and, and want to stay on the range for two and three hours. So Nice. Yeah. And I mentioned that probably uh, transfers over to the rabbit hunt then because that would be a great start for kids to be able to mm-hmm. that, learn firearm safety. Yeah, so that rabbit hunt uh, is really more specifically for guys with mobility impairments as well too, just uh, an opportunity. But we've got some young kids that come out with our volunteers. Uh, I want to say they're 7, 8, 9, 10 years old that uh, help run mm-hmm. the dogs and clean rabbits and you know shuck shells and stuff like that for the guys and assist. So. Yeah, again, it's kind of starting starting that uh, that process at a young age for some of these people, and and building that relationship nice. with them. So nice. Now you, uh, I'm looking at it and seeing the. Uh, I'm just going down the line to your PowerPoint mm-hmm. thing. Hey, might as well. It provides some nice information for me to read and also ask questions to get more in depth. So. Uh, your shooting events, uh, how many of those shooting events do you guys host a year? Uh, we host anywhere between two and four a year. just kind of depends on the year. Um, most of those, honestly, have been around the Kansas City area uh, just because of the volunteer base that kind of mm-hmm. takes leadership or ownership of them. Um, but again, it's one of those things we partner with some other events and uh, support some other organizations that do, again, like-minded uh, cause is ours so i would say probably combined eight events a year you know that we're either hosting or supporting financially so and again just an opportunity to get people out doing something fun whether it's archery shooting sporting clays skeet and trap uh you know we've had muzzle loader shoots in the past um whatever a volunteer wants to take ownership of and, and run we will support logistically and financially to make it happen so nice yeah, I've been needing to get out to do my stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, for your out-of-state hunts, I'm just rolling along here, but out-of-state hunts, 
what's the farthest you guys were willing to travel? I know it says Colorado here, but you guys willing to go northern too? Yeah. So those stun- uh, the hunts that kind of that we market in our PowerPoint are really just more partnerships to um, highlight some other organizations around the country that are doing stuff. Um, uh. But those guys that you see in the in the pictures that are on our PowerPoint are guys that we have um, hosted at our events numerous times over the years and. Um, because of you know shared social media interactions, uh, they applied for hunts, and I believe the one gentleman maybe they went to Wyoming and maybe one to Colorado, but they got selected as non-resident hunters to go out there with um, like-minded organizations that do the same thing we do um, in other states, and basically same thing we do. They got red carpet rolled out. The one gentleman shot a pronghorn. Uh, the other gentleman shot a nice elk. Um, mm. so yeah, it's just opportunities that are out there, you know, for anybody that's in the outdoor realm that does have a mobility impairments, there's, there's tons of opportunities out there, uh, in multiple States. So yeah, we'll yeah. go anywhere, Sean, once we get these chairs in our hands, like I said earlier, it's kind mm-hmm. of one of our goals is that if there's a, a unique opportunity or if there's an outfitter in another state that wants to support our hunters from Missouri and, you know, get us out there to facilitate a hunt, that's where those chairs are going to come into play and. We can load up the trailer, get volunteers, and, and grab some hunters and create these new opportunities that we might not have otherwise. So Nice. Now, uh, with your partners, how many partners are you currently with? As far as, like, uh, corporations and people like that that we work with? Yes. Man, uh, I'd have to pull up the list of them so I don't forget anybody, Sean. <laughs> but, um, again, it's kind oh, of the beauty of what we do. Um Department of Conservation is obviously one of our main partners here within the state, uh, just logistically and what what they do on the educational front. Um, Missouri Conservation Heritage Foundation um, has been a key supporter of us. Um, I'm going to forget some of these unions, so I'm going to apologize now, man. But the Kansas City Laborers Unions here in the Kansas City area have historically, for the better part of a decade, um, really helped uh, float the ship when it comes to um, the financial commitments it takes to put these events on. So the pipe fitters, um, local 533, the operator engineers, um, the painters district council, the roofers district council here in Kansas city, um, the boiler makers. I mean, I mean, you name it, the teamsters. Um, it's kind of one of those things that, uh, once one of them stepped up that I, I think it became a bit of a bit of a competition here in the Kansas city area for them. Um, so they've yeah. been huge supporters. Um, Redneck Blinds, which is a, a local Missouri um, company here. I'm sure everybody that's deer hunts knows what a redneck blind is, but uh, they've <laughs> partnered with us to supply blinds that we're able to put on chairs to get these guys um, out and super comfortable. I mean, best of the best blinds uh, in the country as far as deer hunting is concerned and, and get them opportunities to stay out in the field longer. Um, so the, the redneck blind stays on the chair. We mounted them to trailers, um, you know, like uh, six by ten trailers. So we just bolt mounted mm-hmm. them to the trailers, and then we can drop those back doors on the trailers down, and the guys just roll the track chairs and or their personal wheelchairs just right up the right up the ramp on the trailer. So nice. Yeah, been, I've never. So I've never actually seen a redneck tri- uh, uh, blind. So they're pretty. They're pretty awesome. Me and Will have had the opportunity to hunt out of a couple of them, and. Uh, if you could put a recliner in them, it would be about as nice as sitting in your living room in most cases. So I can I fall asleep in my blind 
constantly, so I would not want to be in a recliner in there. They'd be like, nudge me, wake up, you're snoring. Oops. So that was just some of them. I mean, there's been some cool organizations too, Sean, that are pretty, you know, bigger national organizations. The one that we, we really love to partner with because of their mission is the Outdoor Dream Foundation, which I believe they're yeah. based out of South Carolina. But uh, they do some cool hunts here up in northeast Missouri that we've partnered with in the last two years that get some of these terminally ill kids um, out turkey hunting and deer hunting. And uh, I mean, we're just all in on, on everything they do. And, and the scale they do it at is... Uh, something we kind of aspire to get to hopefully at some point but uh yeah that's just to name a few of them so now do you get any corporate sponsors like uh from mainstream or like businesses like yeah so so we do we don't uh have anything official um like you might you know if you were you know some of the outdoor um companies that people are used to seeing but uh vortex optics has been huge behind the scenes supporters of us um and I just, I, I don't want to leave Sika outdoors. I know Sika's helped us out quite a bit um, through their program. There's a lot of local Missouri call makers, um, Vector Custom Calls, um, Scott's Custom Calls here in Missouri, um, taxidermists around the state, you know, like Timberland Taxidermy, stuff like that, that have helped us out. But Nice. The way we do our funding is uh, we just kind of do one-off for our events, honestly. We reach out to some of these uh, consistent supporters that we've built relationships with over the years. And, again, uh, we've been lucky enough to, uh, you know, never have them say no, I guess. Um, and I, I think that's just an end result of they see the the outcome and where their money's being spent. And I, I think they know that we're spending it wisely and fiscally responsibly. Um, and they see the end result of it. It's... Uh, I think it makes it pretty easy for them to open up their checkbooks. At least I hope it does. So, yeah, but because uh, you see, because you see a lot of the board members, they still have full time jobs. They still work. Every one of us does, Sean. It's the us yeah. being a volunteer based organization. There's not a penny of uh, funding that goes back to anybody personally. Um, all of 100 yeah. percent of our fundraising efforts are either used to pay you know, logistical business operation costs um, mm-hmm. and or goes right back into experiences and or equipment to, to get kids and or mobility impaired individuals into the outdoors. So it's a, uh, yeah, it's a cool thing. That being said, if there's any corporations that want to officially sponsor us, we would love to have that conversation. <laughs> we'll, we'll spend right. the money wisely. So, oh, yeah, but. probably improve the amount of uh, things you can do, the equipment, and everything else involved. Well, and it's uh, uh, this isn't uh, anything that's earth shattering to anybody that may be listening, but none of these events are cheap for any organization that is hosting them, whether it's a Missouri Disabled Sportsman event or any other organization. Like, there is a a fiscal value that's put on getting these people out into the outdoors and, you know, without some of these companies or organizations that are helping carry that funding and sponsor them, these wouldn't happen. So, um, I mean, we can't say thank you enough to the, the organizations that have allowed us to, to create these opportunities. Um, FCS financial institutions here is another one. It just uh, kind of popped in my mind, but they do a lot of, uh, loan work with farmers and landowners here uh, in rural Missouri, but once they found out what we're doing, I mean, they've been a huge supporter of our deer hunt up in northeast Missouri for the last two years, and 
allowed us to expand what we're able to do and provide for those guys when they show up. So, yeah, nice. it's a, again, it's a community statewide, nationwide network at this point. So, yeah, I know we've covered waterfowl, uh, goose, uh, snow geese, rabbit. Uh, is there anything other than deer, any other hunts that you guys are offering up? Uh, so we've touched on the upland bird hunt that we do every year. Um, it's a, mm-hmm. a day of uh, pheasant hunting. Basically, we, we, we work with some local partners here to roll in about 400 pheasants, give or take. So there's a lot, a lot of gunpowder getting burned and a lot of pheasants that uh, get knocked down. Um, mm. We are looking to expand into predator hunts. Um, hopefully this uh, later this winter, I've had some uh, people reach out to us here locally. And then the boys from Missouri Woods and Water, which is another podcast here uh locally are pretty ate up of shooting coyotes so uh, we're, we're gonna try <laughs> to get heard. some guys out behind some uh, thermal imaging and maybe call some dogs in um but it's one of these things yeah. because of our volunteer base sean uh if there's anybody i know you guys are you, you know you're based out of indiana but anybody listening you know the missouri surrounding state side that wants to open their doors to to guys with mobility impairments we're willing to probably come check it out and, and logistically get those those uh, track chairs and stuff there and, and expand those opportunities. So we're open to everything. Like I said, if there's a season for it, we got guys that want to take part in it. So nice. Yeah, I know you guys do fishing events because I saw. I think it was when we started contacting mm-hmm. each other to set up the time. You guys had just done your was it a youth event? Yeah, it was actually a. Um, it was a mobility impaired focused uh, trout fishing event, but it was our inaugural one this year. Again, it, it was a volunteer that is super passionate about trout fishing and uh, basically uh, let him run with it. And, and he rolled it out, and we had an awesome day. Uh, had, I think, six guys catch limits of trout. A bunch of guys got nice. their personal best trout. and They got some super cool custom handmade dip nets that the, uh, that the event coordinator, uh, Stephen Thomas, put on. He, uh, he handmade them all dip nets. So, yeah, it was a cool event, and we're going to continue to grow that uh, with our partnership through the Department of Conservation in future years. So Yeah, you guys, you said that was your first, the first one? That was the first trout fishing event, yeah. Yep. Uh, nice. We've done some other just general fishing events on and off, partnered with some other organizations in the past, mm-hmm. um, but it's something we're looking to grow. Uh, we did do a big uh, fishing event down in Will's Neck of the Woods, uh, I want to say early May maybe, early June. Uh, that we had 10 or 12 guys down at and it was uh everything from bow fishing to bobber fishing to jug fishing to, to you name it it was the full gamut of it so you guys ever do noodling yet negative negative <laughs> <laughs> not legal in the state of missouri but uh ah, yeah i did not know that yeah. actually now do you guys see yourself doing target fishing uh different stuff different fish other than just walleye. Yeah, we do. We're, we're open to everything. Uh, like I said, as long as there's a volunteer that uh, wants to kind of take the lead locally for events, walleye fishing, bass fishing, you name it, we're, uh, we're, we're hopefully working with an individual. We're going to try to get some guys down to Alabama, uh, hopefully next year, and, and actually do some saltwater fishing. So, nice. Yeah. We're super open-minded, as you can tell, about the events that we want to do, Sean. It's, it's Again, it goes back to having landowners and volunteers that want to help coordinate it. And if we can put that piece of it together, we're going to find uh, individuals that want to interact and 
and take advantage of that opportunity. Well, with the army, you guys come command. You definitely can get things done. So, well, uh, do you guys want to plug anything like social media or businesses? Um, just once again, I'd encourage anybody that's you know obviously a resident of Missouri, check us out. Uh, we're on all the social media platforms: Facebook, Instagram. Uh, it's just MissouriDisabledSportsman.com. Uh, same thing. We've got a website. It's MissouriDisabledSportsman.org. Uh, MissouriDisabledSportsman at gmail.com if there's any emails or questions. But uh, I would just reiterate, regardless of what state you're in, uh, if you're into the outdoors and, and you want to find a way to give back and, and make a difference locally and in your community, look for organizations that are, are based on getting kids or guys with mobility impairments. Whatever it is, whatever your passion is, get involved with it. I mean, for God's sake, if it's gardening, find a way to give back to your local gardening community. You know, it, it doesn't just have to be hunting and fishing, but uh, if we all did that a little bit more, I think the world would be a little better place than where we're at currently. So, right. yeah. you want to do you want to plug anything, Will? I mean, no, I, I think we take care of every platform that we that we're on. <laughs> right. All right. Well, uh, thank you guys for showing coming on, and thank you for sharing about your special organization and I'll uh, like to tell my audience remember be adaptive